Hey babes, welcome to a very special episode that I personally am super, super excited about. Um, I'm here with none other than my blood, my sister, Amy Hood. Say hi to the people. Hi. (laughs) She is my original spooky companion. We, you know, dressed up for Halloween together. There are some awesome pictures that we're definitely going to bug our mother about to send to us so we can post it on the gram um, to show you guys just how embarrassing of children we were. It's going to be great. (laughs) So, (laughs) oh yeah, we, we had a lot. Like the one time that you were Pikachu and I was the fucking grim reaper. Like what the hell? Beautiful. (laughs) (laughs) It's great. It's so great. Um, But today, so today we're talking about Twin Peaks, which we both love my sister discovered it it was the one who showed it to me essentially um i just heard her talking about it she has a really dope tattoo um that is all about twin peaks so i want to just get right into it right now and i want to hear like when did you discover twin peaks how did you discover twin peaks and what were like your first impressions like what made you like like press play oh man so i was 15 years old I was a sophomore Mm -hmm. in high school, and I was just, like, delving even further and further into what I'll call, very immaturely, weird shit. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I discovered it, I think I was on the internet, and, like, some internet person that had really cool taste in music kept posting about it, and it was, like, the imagery, like, I liked this kind of, like, woodsy imagery of it, and, like, people just kept talking about how weird and surreal it was. And that was really what made me press play. And I didn't mm-hmm. even really know what I was getting into, especially at that age. <laughs> like the world of yeah. Twin Peaks, it, it's so like nebulous. It's this really strange world that... Absolutely. Yeah, I had no idea what I was yeah. getting into then. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think anybody does. I don't think I don't think anybody at any age really knows like what they're exactly getting themselves into with David Lynch in general, right. but specifically Twin Peaks. Like I, I remember you posting about it on. I, so I guess I found it through the internet again too. Um, I remember you posting about it. And I saw it on Netflix one day, and I remember I texted you, and I was like, do you think I would like it? And you were like, I really don't know how to answer that question. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. I never know who's going to like it or who is just going to be like, this is the weirdest thing ever. It is kind of like this. That's what made it such like a have like a cult following, because with cult followings, you never know. It's not like a recommendable thing. Like, it's kind of this... Just like if someone connects with it, they connect with it. And then you've got this group of haters who, you know, just really can't stand it or don't understand it and all of that stuff or hate that they don't understand it. Yeah. Um, But so in in the uh, same vein as Twin Peaks, uh, we're going to be doing a lot on this episode. I'm pretty sure this is going to end up being a two parter because we're going to be discussing whether Twin Peaks falls into the genre of horror And we're also going to be talking about the uh, 25 year later kind of like sequel that they ended up making um, that came out in, I think, 2017. Yeah. 
Tover's nodding his head. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> I'm not here, remember? Oh yeah, Tover's not here. He um he he ran into the woods and he's been I don't know. He he said something about the owls aren't what they aren't what they seem or something. I don't know. I'm a little worried about him, but maybe he'll come back. We'll see. So first of all, I want to know from you what do you think makes like a horror film? Honestly, that's the hardest question because I think it's different for everybody. Um, mm-hmm. But for me. I want to categorize it as something that's more visceral. Like, it's, like, the way it makes me feel, I guess. Um, Yeah. And I don't even really necessarily like to feel scared. It's more of, like, an unsettling, which I think that is very much Twin Peaks. Like, it's unsettling. Um, Yeah. Yeah, I guess it's hard. It's something that I can't really put my finger on. It's a feeling instead of something that's cut and dry this is or isn't totally totally that's something that we've actually we've brought up a lot like a lot of people who have come on horror Nah have said you know it's something that like sticks with me it's something that i think about um that i have nightmares about or something that i just think about at 3 a.m or you know something that just kind of gives you that disgusting feeling in your stomach sort of thing um which i would agree that twin peaks most definitely gives you that um disgusting feeling david lynch is very good at that he goes extremely far with everything that he does okay so the remake that happened in 2017 so the origin of that is when they're in the lodge uh laura palmer says to dale cooper who is played by kyle mclaughlin and then we've got cheryl lee playing laura palmer she says see you in 25 years and which i think was kind of an ominous thing to say obviously like it left so many things left the twin peaks fans of the 90s hanging and they were like well what does this mean does this mean it's all wrapped up does it mean it's they're coming back and they decided to come back and do a remake and it has a lot of the same actors the same characters and then we've also got some new um teenagers who it kind of hints at following in the same footsteps as the original show so we're also going to kind of discuss what makes a good remake and kind of put twin peaks in that uh question into that context so to catch everyone up, so, so far Topher and I have kind of decided on our like theory of remakes. Uh, we've decided that it has to be anchored to something. You can't just like use the name and go go wild with it. And it also, it has to nod at the original in some way. You have to take care of the viewers that you gained in your original iteration, but then you also kind of have to put a new flavor on it. You kind of have to update it to whatever time period you're setting it in, or if it's present, you know, you kind of have to put a new spin on it. So that's where we're at right now with our theory. So structure of the show today of of our um, podcast is there really isn't one. Um, (laughs) because there's just so much going on. Um, I guess we can talk about a little bit of the background of Twin Peaks and then we'll kind of dive into the themes and then tie that back into, is it, you know, is it horror or is it not? And then we'll kind of talk about the remake. So I think we should start from like the very beginning, like back, we're back in the nineties. Twin Peaks is premiering. We, the, the pilot episode is like a, a full, like, hour and a half or something it was supposed to be like a made for tv movie or something like that um but then it ended up kind of continuing so we open up with obviously the death of laura palmer she's washed up on um 
the shore and she's found. And that's kind of what the first season really centers around is um, Laura's death and the mourning of a community and then the questions of who was Laura Palmer, who, you know, what happened to her because she's she's kind of an enigma. Like she doesn't share her full self with anybody in the show. Every, she's very calculated and everyone kind of gets their own bits and pieces of her, which is kind of interesting because she falls in this like good, bad binary, but she falls into a gray area. Would you agree with that? Yeah, actually, I would. And I would say upon like first viewing of Twin Peaks, just the original series, like you're not I don't think you're supposed to like her or even like side with her or anything because you don't know her. Like mm-hmm. she is completely enigmatic and I'd say she's actually painted more as bad because all these bad things are surrounding her. And then I think it even takes going into, like, Fire Walk With Me, the movie, which we'll talk about later, I guess, um, Mm -hmm. where you start to actually, you know her. That's her whole story. So you're right. I would agree. She's definitely a gray area. Yeah, and it's interesting because she, like... So the characters in the show, she has some sort of, like, magnetism about her. Like, she kind of has that, like, the girls want to be here, the boys want to be with her. Like, the homecoming queen. Like, the typical um, high school homecoming queen type magnetism about her. And it's interesting that they decided to make the Fire Walk With Me movie because I think the viewers kind of felt the same way. Yeah. Because she was such an enigma, I think everyone was like, I want to know everything about her. Yeah, like they even say in the show, she's full of secrets, and then we get to learn her secrets. (laughs) Yeah, which is crazy. I mean, I I read something that that considers her a postmodern vampire. Interesting. Which I kind of loved because, like, by day, she's fully like meals on wheels she was she was like a big part of that in 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 twin peaks um meals on wheels and she was like tutoring english and you know like she was definitely like good girl by day but then like prostitute drug dealer drug doer by night so a lot of people call her like a postmodern vampire that's an interesting word for it but like yeah you're (laughs) right i've never heard that take on it but i like it that definitely fits (laughs) yeah so I guess, like, my next question, because I mean, there are so many questions that pop up during this series and franchise, what have you, is do we think that David Lynch is completely calculated or do we think that he's kind of just flying by the seat of his pants and he comes up with, like, interesting artistic things just because he's, like, some form of, like, a savant or something. <laughs> like, Ooh, does David Lynch even know that about himself? <laughs> that's the important question. Yeah. That's kind of that's kind of the yeah. roundabout, right? I don't know. I feel like a big part of Twin Peaks as a whole, like, meaning all three parts, series, movie, The Return, everything, like, chaos is kind of an underlying theme. And I think it all kind of came to David Lynch as all of this chaos, and then he made sense of it later mm-hmm. on. So I don't want to necess- necessarily say yeah. it was calculated from the beginning. I'd say it was kind of like more of a mm-hmm. fever dream. And then it we started to put the pieces yeah. together like one by one. And they're all interconnected. But I don't think it started out that way. So I don't think he was calculated from yeah. the jump. I think it came later on. <laughs> yeah, because it's so funny because you have all of these. So Twin Peaks was a was obviously it was it was in the '90s, and this was when we first like got the internet. Yeah. Like, like God, God bless uh, dial up, but we had. <laughs> um, 
And so there was this huge, um, there was this website or, or, or I guess at least forum called alt.tv.twinpeaks in um in the 90s and this was where people would literally record twin peaks onto their like vhs's and they would pause it and just dissect every single shot (laughs) dissect every bit of like musical interlude like everything and this is and it was like this weird like intellectual hierarchy that started happening like i know things that you don't when i think you're right david david lynch didn't even know it right so he's got all these viewers kind of like wrapped around his finger like trying to figure out his next move Mm -hmm. when he doesn't even know it right like i feel like some of it was probably calculated and put there for a reason and then some of it was just david lynch just being like here you go here's a cut to a traffic light (laughs) what does that mean yeah (laughs) Yeah, and it's, like, why, like, it presents so many questions of even just, like, his, like, little nuances. Like, why the hell was, like, Lucy and Andy's um, uh, relationship so turbulent? Like, for no reason. for no reason. Like, they're always just, like, and then those just, like, yelling at each other. Yeah, and then random characters that just seemingly have no purpose. But also, I think that was a little bit related to the fact that he actually originally started Twin Peaks as kind of to poke fun at a soap opera. And like it's his, it's a David yes. Lynch's version of a soap opera, and it follows the format of yes. a soap opera. <laughs> like it totally does, and a lo- I think that so it lost a lot of viewership in the second season, and I kind of think that so it definitely follows like an episodic like soap opera thing, which I mean I I love and I love that he's like making fun of it, and then it also follows. Cooper so it's kind of like a detective story too yeah so it's like this interesting dichotomy of just like genres and then you've also kind of got again with Andy and Lucy you've almost got kind of like a like like a a, a, like a slapstick like um sitcom like you've kind of got like an I love Lucy type thing definitely um so he's like he's mixing all of these genres and then we make it to the second season where he kind of stepped away, right? Didn't yeah. He, he didn't direct, like, a, a a huge chunk of the second season. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he didn't. I think he directed only the, maybe the last episode, maybe the first couple four or so up until we find out who done it and then, like, the last one or something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and it's, like, it's so weird. Like, those... I, I can barely even watch the ones that he didn't direct because they're so <laughs> meandery. Yeah. Um, I remember being really, really amused by the whole thing of Ben Horn going kind of crazy. But I know that oh, really yeah. annoyed a lot of people where he was trying to reenact the Civil War. Like, that has nothing to do with anything else in Twin Peaks. Like, Ben Horn trying to reenact the Civil yeah. War. Okay. But yeah. it, it's that's a weird diversion <laughs> from the entire story, and he's it's like a comedic thing almost. <laughs> like yeah, it like it completely goes off the rails a little bit, but it's like it's it's crazy to watch, and it's and it's like David Lynch still has those like nuances in there, but without him to direct it, some of them just don't even really land. Right, and you're just kind of you're just kind of like, what's happening? Yeah, like, <laughs> like what is this? Yeah. But yeah, I want to I definitely want to talk about Fire Walk With Me, um, which is the movie that truly it's kind of it's a it's a couple of days leading up to Laura's death. Right. Or like weeks or just kind of getting more into her personal story. 
um, which you've said is is your is your favorite part of Twin Peaks. Is that right? It is. Yeah. Just because I feel like it. I think it's the only thing in Twin Peaks that gave us answers. Like the yeah. only part of Twin Peaks that was like, here's an answer. And I would actually That's say true. maybe in the question of horror, the only thing that follows a traditional horror format. Well, yeah. yeah. Like we get a conclusion. Yeah. Nothing, no other mm-hmm. part of Twin Peaks has a conclusion. And yeah, I love that's, it. That's very true. And I love like the character of Laura Palmer and just seeing her like unfold and all of her like intricacies and how at first, like I was saying earlier, that she was kind of painted in the original series as this bad character, but you still liked her, kind of let other people in the series liked her. And then you just get all your, you get all her secrets, you get all everything that was going on with her. Yeah, yeah. 100%. I I love that. I love that movie as well. And I agree with you with like the it definitely follows a more traditional horror format. Um and I guess piggybacking off of that, so the elements of Twin Peaks that I think could make it uh fall into that horror category is obviously the potential of like demonic possession. Yeah. Like that already straight up and down is a horror trope right there. Yeah. And then you've got kind of like, like the lodges are kind of this like underworld. Oh, yeah. And that's how it's how it's presented. So you've got all of all of these elements. And then in addition to the supernatural, you've got this you, you've got this theme of like incest and displaced father daughter yeah rage truly terrifying like real life yeah real life horror right there (laughs) exactly so twin peaks somehow manages to combine real life horror and then also kind of like the fantasy yeah aspect definitely yeah and one of my like favorite like horror themes that i feel like david lynch with everything relies on, but especially in Twin Peaks, is, like, something that is mundane and familiar suddenly becoming sinister. Like, this, like, small-town America could be anywhere, could be where you live, and it has this sinister quality to it that is unfurling very slowly. And, yeah, just all of that unsettling good stuff, that's totally... That's very horror of David Lynch to do, and I feel like he's really sneaky with it. I feel like he's sneaky with his horror elements. That doesn't make he is very sneaky. Yeah, like doesn't make your audience just go, "Oh, that's a horror movie," but it's there. Yeah, it's there. It is. It absolutely is. And I think that I think that with the mundane, he's definitely making a statement that like evil can be lurking around any corner. Yeah, it can it can be in your own house, which is a huge horror trope. Just like you were saying, is that you don't know you don't know what's good and what's evil like it the horror the monster could be in the house yeah sort of or thing. it could be you which another beautiful be horror trope like cooper becomes the monster and that's amazing yeah. that was a spoiler sorry <laughs> oh don't worry we give spoilers honestly y'all if you haven't seen this why are you right. listening to this episode yeah. i'm sorry i couldn't like, imagine if, anyone if anybody <laughs> deciding to like watch you are this. lost yeah <laughs> yeah you are lost here. But yeah, so there's this between obviously Leland being um, possessed by Bob and then essentially raping and then murdering Laura, 
<laughs> the biggest spoiler like sorry that's yeah. who did it guys um again if if you found yourself here somehow and you haven't seen it i'm sorry but you you're lost um and so uh yeah like between that and her finding is it in fire walk with me or is it in the actual it is in fire walk, fire walk with me where me. she finds yeah, out cuz we never actually see Laura alive in twin peaks besides little tiny flashbacks so yeah, she, that's true. Yeah. That's true. She finds out in Firewalk with me, and that was like a straight up heartbreaking scene. Like that was like emotional it's horror. Devastating. Yeah, like yeah. and you can just feel her pain, and yeah, mm-hmm. horrible. Uh, yeah, so she's she's a victim. She's certainly a victim of incest here, and whether it has a supernatural underlying, overlying, whatever, it's it's still it is. She is she is a victim of incest, and what's crazy is that. David Lynch, so her mother kind of represents kind of a traditional, um, she's very passive. And even on top of that, she's definitely on some sort of drug, I would say. I don't know what it is, but with her being kind of not present and passive, I think that was also David Lynch kind of pointing towards like, this is what happens in a typically incestuous situation in families. It's like, the mother's not mentally present or emotionally present, and the father is very just like kind of like likes his daughter a little too much, <laughs> and yeah, it turns into this like like he he's enraged somehow that she's like this young beautiful thing, and it's 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 completely horrifying. It's completely psychologically just horrifying. And then you've got Audrey and her father when she kind of goes into like an undercover type situation where she gets hired at One-Eyed Jacks. And um, her, which her father, who leads like a double life basically as well, um, that's a huge theme. Um, he, he owns it and almost has sex with his own daughter unknowingly. So there's this huge, huge theme of incest, which I think to most people is pretty horrifying, especially when it comes to like, rape and whatnot definitely yeah and to build on that and to kind of bring it back into the supernatural realm bob who they call the demonic entity that's possessing leland is kind of supposed to represent like the evil that men do yeah Yeah. and then you have laura who is his victim who is kind of just i guess representative of the victim of that evil which is yeah it's Mm -hmm. crazy how you kind of get the dichotomy of like the supernatural evil and then like the real life evil that was a really interesting thing for him to do to kind of put that same person in that same position totally totally and yeah that that was actually one of my questions was like what does bob represent and i think that's exactly what it is and i think a lot of people a lot of people talk about david lynch and feminism because all of his characters and Twin Peaks is is no exception are generally either victims or they um, don't have much agency or they or if they do have any agency they dress up like a man like um, Catherine Martell yeah. in most of like the second season or you've got Dennis slash Denise mm-hmm. who is um, a trans character in I think the second season yeah is when second season she, she's there second season so it's interesting because then it poses the question of like is David Lynch complete a complete misogynist or is he commenting on what women 
have to go through and 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 the evils of men and i kind of think in twin peaks it is he's commenting on the evils of men and how women don't need to deal with that shit yeah (laughs) i think i would like to believe that he's more holding a mirror to society rather than Mm. just kind of going along with misogyny i would like to think that he's like holding us up to a mirror and saying this is women can be victims these are what some women have to deal with like yeah, and creating these characters, yeah. he's showing us these things. Yeah, yeah, that's what I would like to believe as well. Because, I mean, I've seen him, we were actually watching videos last night of him just, like, interacting with his actors. Like, he, there's this really adorable video of him seeing um, Cheryl Lee in the dress, like, 25 years later when they're about to film, like, the first scene in um, The Lodge. Mm-hmm. And he's he's definitely a weird dude. Like, we all know that. But he's, like, you know, he, like, kisses her on the cheek, like, four times <laughs> and is, like, is like commenting on like how pretty she is but like she doesn't really recoil from him she's kind of like oh my god I'm just so happy to be here like all this stuff and we kind of saw the same from Laura Dern which yeah. is you know one of his sweethearts yeah um he loves Laura Dern right. um and I guess so, we'll never really so, know but <laughs> yeah yeah we'll never know unless that me too comes out right. or something you know like yeah. we'll, we'll never actually know um but based on how they react to him I kind of feel like he's just He's kind of like an artistic weirdo. Yeah. Uh, but they, but he's sensitive. Yeah. I, I don't know. That's what I would like to believe. Um, <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm like, I'm like, please don't ruin him for me. I yeah. really like a lot of his work. <laughs> so maybe it's wishful thinking, but I don't know. I haven't heard too much bad stuff. No. So I don't know. So it's also interesting kind of uh, looping back a little bit to the, um, okay, either someone was very, was like very over analytical or this was, David Lynch's kind of maybe core idea. I'm not sure. But if you just look at the title, like Twin Peaks, twin, double, and then symmetry, right? And then you've got peaks, which is like, you know, could be, or, or the term Twin Peaks, uh, sexual, right? So we've got a lot of characters in this leading double lives. And we also have that in like the lodge, we've got doppelgangers. Yeah. So... I think that I don't know again if that maybe was like his core idea or if it was just someone reading too far into it and it was just like an amazing coincidence. But right. I kind of I kind of love that read on it that like even the name is hinting at what the show theme is kind of going to be. Yeah, I think a big theme another huge theme of the show is the connection between the two worlds. So that would be an interesting I've never thought about that before honestly. It's interesting, for sure. Yeah, I mean, there's just, there's just like a lot, there's a lot here to like even go (laughs) and and like dissect. Like, why? I feel like (laughs) it's so hard to talk about Twin Peaks and not try to analyze everything. (laughs) Yeah. I think someone could make a whole podcast just doing that. I'm sure they have. Shout out to you. I think they have. I think they have. Yeah, like, I, I'm pretty positive I've even seen that. I have not listened, but... Yeah, um, I'd probably go insane if I tried to analyze Twin Peaks that much. I know, it's... it's I, w- I would probably, like, descend into a really weird dark place, and I just don't... Yeah. I don't... It, it's just, it's too much. Which, yeah. again, kind of points us towards the idea that Twin Peaks is horror. It's I think it's more horror than some things that are traditionally considered horror. Yeah. Like... Yeah, I feel like a 
big thing about David Lynch's use of horror is like he'll present you with this like situation or image and it leaves you wondering why you find it terrifying. Yeah. And I think that in creating that confusion is what scares you. Yes. Yes. The unknown because humans, human nature loves answers, loves yeah. black and white answers, loves all of that. We hate gray areas just like by by nature. Some of us more than others, but I think by human nature, we want a direct answer or else we feel like we're in chaos and going insane. Yeah. We need like something solid to believe in or think or do or else Mm we feel like we're just floating in the ether or something. And that's kind of the feeling that you get when you watch a David Lynch um, work is like you're floating in the ether and you don't know what's going on. Yeah. Honestly, like I feel like that's kind of the biggest point to Twin Peaks. Like a lot of horror, at least for a long time, some like more modern horror has thrown this out the window, but it has a conclusion. Your monster Mm -hmm. is gone. Order is restored. Good. Maybe things aren't good, but things are neatly wrapped up. Twin Peaks has no conclusion, no nice, neat wrapping up. I feel yeah. like one of it's the major point of it all, especially, ugh, I don't want to get into this too early, but the return, mm-hmm. I think the point of it, it's really driven home at the end of that especially, is that no order will be restored. Humanity is unsettling in itself and chaos reigns. Like, Oh my God. Which yeah. is terrifying. <laughs> yes. Yes. Which is, yeah, I absolutely think even... So even just like scratch, so you scratch the surface of Twin Peaks, you see the horrific like abuse just in general, like everyone in this show is abused. We, we haven't even touched on Shelly and Leo. Oh like God, Leo's yeah. a complete piece of shit. Like, like oh my trademark gosh. POS. Yeah. yeah, that scene where he beats her. Uh, I yeah. mean, I watched that when I was 15. I cried. I was like very triggered by that scene as like yeah. a teenager. And even a couple times as an adult when I've rewatched the series, like all 500 times, it, that scene is scary. Like it gets you. Yeah, it's visceral. It is ugh, very, very, very bad. <laughs> um, yeah. But so it's so we've got a lot like scratching the surface. We've got a lot of abuse, a lot of abuse, whether it's sexual, whether it's emotional, um, just physical in general, like everything. We've got all that. And we're also seeing the patterns, too. So he's definitely commenting on some sort of like abuse in the patterns that it takes, um, because we we learn that Leland originally was, quote unquote, like haunted by Bob as like a child. Yeah. Um, and that's where like kind of all of this um started at least and so you would kind of assume if it's like an allegory you would assume like maybe he was abused as a child and then it continued and he kind of passed that down to his daughter unfortunately and we even see it in the reboot with um Shelley's daughter who's played by Amanda Seyfried, she has an abusive boyfriend and Shelly had an abusive boyfriend. And we've got yeah. like, it's just, it's like the the abuse and the passing down of like continuing the story kind of, which yeah. is really unfortunate. So that's just like scratching the surface horror. And then you get into kind of like the more cerebral, like everything is chaos sort of <laughs> right. thing. I have such a hard time not focusing on that part because it's so fascinating. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it's so interesting. Like, 
I yeah, I don't want to get into the reboot like too quickly, but I mean that last scene, like I was joking, I finished it last night and I was joking with Topher. I was like, oh my god, like fuck you, David Lynch. Like literally, what year is this? Scream black. Yeah. And I was like, I was like, oh my god, like that is the most David Lynch Twin Peaks ending you could have possibly ever come up with. Definitely. (laughs) Like. Like I was like, are you kidding? And you know he he went straight to black so you could see your reflection, <laughs> yeah. and just being like, uh, like this is what you're <laughs> left with. Yeah. Is that. Okay, so to kind of like um, wrap this up, we're we're doing everything that David Lynch would hate. Like first of all, we're talking about his art. He he's like said so many times. He's like, I put it out there. I don't want to talk about it. Like it speaks <laughs> for itself. And we're all like, no, it doesn't. What are you talking about? And he's like, it speaks for itself. So we're already doing what he would hate by talking about it. But also we're doing what he would hate by tying up our opinions in a pretty little bow right now. Sorry, David Lynch. Not that you would ever listen to this anyway. He might. I don't know. I'll tag him on Instagram. (laughs) Um, But (laughs) he's busy doing transcendental meditation. But okay, so... What do you think as far, like, to tie up your opinions on Twin Peaks as a horror film or a horror entity, I guess we should call it? Yeah, just, like, final thoughts on that. Final thoughts on that. Like, is it a horror film? Is it a horror entity or is it not? It's gray area, which is such a shitty answer. (laughs) (laughs) But a very Twin Peaks one because everything about it is gray area. Um, I'd say yes in the fact that he uses horror elements to tell his story. Yeah. So yes, I guess, is the easiest answer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, de- I definitely agree. I think that he kind of uses this gothic sense, like you said, like he, he kind of like turns the dial a little bit too far to the left. Some, you know, like by, by just like taking something completely normal, like a diner and a small town in Washington state and just like twisting it. And just being like, this is going to get spooky and just like throws in, I'm going to throw in incest and murder <laughs> and rape. And it's just like, whoa, whoa, yeah, dude, whoa. So, yeah, I mean, I definitely agree with that. I, I have kind of always thought that it was horror, but it that's the huge um topic about Twin Peaks is like, what the hell is it? Because, again, <laughs> we've got the... It's, it's like not quite an episodic, it is, but it isn't. And then it's not like a continuous serial because you don't, you kind of follow Dale Cooper, but then you don't, but then you do like, it's, it's yeah. hard to know exactly what you're in. And then again, we've got, we've got kind of like a comedic, like slapstick um, sitcom here with like Lucy and Andy. And, you know, why is like, why is there a fish in the percolator? Like what's happening? <laughs> um, we've got like all of these things. We've got like love stories. Yeah. We, we've got, like, so m- it's It's literally just, like, a genreless thing. But I definitely don't think it's, like, not horror, you know? Like, right. I, I can't I can't count it out. Right. I actually I mean, think some of horrified. the... Yeah, I think some of, like, the weirder things that he includes, like, the comedy and, like, the love stories, makes, like, when it will cut suddenly to something that is horrific, makes that almost more horrific. So I think he's even using those to further scare us like it's kind of catching us off guard sometimes so yeah yeah. like I would agree it's like not cut and dry I don't think most people would automatically throw Twin Peaks into the horror bin but it's lurking there and it's surprising us sometimes honestly yeah 
Yeah. And so it's funny because like this, so the second season really did not do very well. It like lost so many viewers. Right. And I think it's because people can't, again, can't deal with not having like a pretty like tied up in a bow type situation. Like people dropped off once they kind of found out like who done it. And they're like, I don't care anymore. Yeah. Or they got or they got frustrated with like, oh my God, are are you ever gonna like, you know, tie anything up? Why do you keep introducing new characters when we don't even know what happened to like the first ones? Totally. You know? Yeah, you're right. Okay, so this is like kind of the final question that um we again will tie tie it up. So with everything that we've kind of decided and said about Twin Peaks what does this mean for the horror genre as a whole? Because it informs, you know, whenever we say that something might be part of something, it's got to inform it in some some form or fashion. And I'm kind of of the party of thinking, like, I hate it when people try to put people in boxes, it, it, like, especially with horror. I that's That's why I kind of enjoy talking about whether something's horror or not, because... I think it's stupid, especially with the genre of horror, saying, like, this qualifies it, but the rest disqualifies it, you know? Right. So, like, what do we think – how do we think Twin Peaks informs the horror genre as a whole? That's a hard question. (laughs) Because, like – because, like, I think that it kind of – Anyone who's a fan of David Lynch and goes into filmmaking or television, I think they can kind of say, like, the sky's the limit yeah. sort of thing. Like, You're right. I, I think, if anything, David Lynch kind of gives permission to push the envelope. Yeah. Yeah, you know? actually. I also think he's kind of giving permission, as some, like, more modern horror things do, to leave things more open-ended. Your stories mm-hmm. don't need to have that neat finish, and sometimes that's worse than having a neat finish where everyone's dead and there's one person still living you know yeah and yeah it kind of uses things that are just weird and unsettling to terrify you instead of just being like here's this monster yeah (laughs) like i wouldn't necessarily say that the horror of twin peaks is like the monster himself bob like that's Mm -hmm. not really like, yeah, that whole storyline is scary, but I don't think that is the horror at its core of Twin Peaks. It's, like, nothing you can really put your finger on. Yeah. And I don't think a lot of other horror things have done that, so I think he's allowing for that to happen in the future by creating Twin Peaks and using horror elements to tell his story. Totally. Yeah, he's 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 giving, he's giving permission to, yeah, just, like, leave things open-ended and... I agree. Like I, I'm, we call we call me on this podcast, Nicole. Don't show the monster hood because I think sometimes <laughs> it, I think sometimes it ruins it. Yeah, I, I agree completely. Like, yeah, yeah. I like everything that has scared me that has a monster shouldn't show it, or like when they do, you're not scared anymore. I completely agree with you. Always, all yeah. the uh, all the way on your side there. Um, yeah, and in Twin Peaks, I don't really think there's like a monster, but yet there is. It's like the monster is you. You know? Yes. And yeah, and the seedy underbelly of humanity itself and the evil that men do and all of that is the monster, which is actually kind of cool of David Lynch to do. Yeah. It's like we all, it's kind of like exercising your inner demons or showing a mirror to your 
your inner demons and everything. And yeah, I think that's I think that's really interesting. And I think that I think that it's it's really great that this exists because of that. Um, because I love I love the open ended stuff as much as it like can infuriate me. I I love it. I love having to watch something multiple times to kind of, you know, try to get hints and, you know, like I just I'm a nerd like that. I like yeah. to rewatch things and try to figure out things that I didn't see before. And I think yeah. he kind of he provides that for us in a way. Definitely. Um you think about it more that way. Like sometimes you'll watch a horror movie and it ends comes to a conclusion and you're like, "Okay, that happened." But with Twin yeah. Peaks, you, you you think about it more because you don't know, really know what happened. <laughs> You're yeah, still trying yeah. to figure it out. <laughs> exactly. And not to say that Bob isn't scary, which, is, I mean, it's it's hilarious because I think David, he was like a crew member or something. And yeah. he, like, the camera got like shown on him. And David Lynch was like, oh, my God, you're like kind of <laughs> like the scariest looking person I've ever seen. And he was like, thank you. I would love to yeah, play. Yeah, I love that. like thank you so much i would love to play the monster in twin peaks or whatever um flattering (laughs) right like so flattered and he did he gave a great performance i like i if if i close my eyes and i see bob i'm i'm truly a little bit scared like he's he's scary looking his maniacal like laugh and everything yeah so good but yeah so i think i think that kind of again wraps us up with like a cute little bow for horror nah so in part two, we're going to dive deeper into the reboot here, which I'm really excited. It's like 18 hours long. It's like a long form like movie, essentially. So it's going to be really fun to talk about. I'm going to let Amy plug her uh, hair Instagram. She is a hairstylist in Asheville, and she's amazing. So please check out her Instagram. She's at where can the people find you? Oh, yeah, it is hood like neighborhood dot does dot hair i had to think about that for a minute why did i have to think about that yeah (laughs) because we don't like look at it really we're just like on instagram like doing yeah (laughs) so it's hood does dot hair yeah there's a dot in between hood and does as well perfect so so hood dot does dot hair yep that's it. Perfect. And go follow her even if you don't live in Asheville because like her the photos of her hair are like serious hair inspo. So like if you need <laughs> if you need like hair color inspiration or anything, please go and follow. Um and we will catch you guys what plug us. Plug us? Oh, sorry. <laughs> I'm losing my mind. I'm losing my mind. And you guys know <clears throat> horror not does this to you. It does. I I'm I've been possessed. I've been possessed. You guys know where to find us. We're at horrorbabespod.com. If you guys still use websites, we're on Instagram at horrorbabespodcast, and we're on Twitter at horrorbabespod. Until next time, bye, babes. Hey, babe. Yeah, babe.
llave.